Hey, I'm Ray, and this is The Kitchen, a culinary podcast. Today, we're talking about salt. So for this podcast, I was just going to talk to you guys about the difference between iodized salt and sea salt. But as I started Googling stuff, Google says that there are like 12 salt types. So I guess we're talking about all 12. I will be sure to link all of my sources down below in the show notes for you guys. So first off, table salt, also known as iodized salt. It's the stuff you find on the tables at restaurants. It's probably what you have on your kitchen table or your dining room table. It's a very fine salt and it's a rock salt. It comes from underground salt deposits. Now our table salt is called iodized salt because iodine is added to it. Now, iodine can be found in a lot of seafoods. So for people who live in like the middle of the country, I'm in the United States, like in the middle of the country, we don't, seafood isn't our first protein source. So iodine is added to salt. Iodine is an important nutrient for our bodies because if we don't have enough of it, it causes problems with our thyroid. So as table salt is processed, a lot of the natural minerals are stripped from it. And before packaging, iodine is added to it along with an anti-caking agent so that it pours easily. And that is what most of our table salts are. Table salt is usually what you're going to be using when you're baking. One of my sources said that the iodine, they said that the anti-clumping agent can do this, but other sources said that the iodine can do this, and that is giving your food a slight metallic taste. So they said to avoid using iodized salt in large quantities so that it doesn't affect the flavor. One source actually said to try to avoid using it in your savory dishes, which Got me thinking, like, I, if I'm making a batch of cookies, I might use half a teaspoon of salt, but in some of my savory dishes, I might be using a similar amount of salt, and maybe I'm just used to the flavor of the iodized salt, um, but it's not something I've noticed. If using iodized salt is something that you notice gives your food a slightly metallic taste, leave me a comment. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or head over to YouTube and leave me a comment. All right, so the second salt on our list is kosher salt. Now, the only other time I'm used to hearing the word kosher is when food is blessed by a rabbi. And so I was like, is that the only difference between what kosher salt is? And I've had people say like they can tell a difference when they use kosher salt in food than regular table salt. So kosher salt is rock salt. I think it's normally rock salt because I have kosher sea salt in my, my research showed that kosher salt is rock salt, but no iodine is added to it. And the salt crystals are larger and the size of the crystals is kind of what determines whether or not it's kosher salt. Um, this salt is often used in the process of making things kosher um, because it is beneficial in helping draw out 
moisture and liquid out of meats, which is part of the koshering process. So kosher salt is more coarse than table salt, but it dissolves quickly just like table salt does. So kosher salt is an alternative to table salt if you are trying to avoid that metallic-y taste. Third on our list is Himalayan pink salt. Now, this has been kind of trendy over the past five years, maybe more. For me, it seems like it's only been the past five years about the nutrient benefits, nutrition benefits of Himalayan pink salt. Now, I just wanna send out a disclaimer now. There are some names related to these salts that I may pronounce incorrectly. I tried to do some research to hear how they should be pronounced, but I might mess up. So Himalayan pink salt comes from the Kera, Kura, Kera salt mine in the Himalayan mountains of Pakistan. So it is pink. Sometimes it's a really pale pink, almost white, and sometimes it's a deeper pink. Part of the hype about Himalayan pink salt is that it contains the 84 natural minerals found in the human body. And some of those minerals is what lends to the salt's pink color and also the bold flavor that it can lend to food. So not only is pink Himalayan pink salt used for seasoning food, um, you can also buy blocks, large salt blocks that you can actually cook food on. The salt retains heat for hours, is what I read. Um, but there are also salt caves that people will go to for, they say they have natural healing properties. One of the health issues that salt caves supposedly help in is healing respiratory problems. Number four on our list is sea salt. And it, the way it's harvested is that you take sea salt and you evaporate the water from it and it leaves you with the salt from the sea. It tends to be pretty mineral rich, which gives the different types of sea salts their unique flavors. Sea salt is coarser than table salt, but softer than kosher salt. Now, a lot of articles I saw said that there are 12 different salts. Some of them, most of them aligned with each other, but some of them were had a couple differences, but there are multiple sea salts that were mentioned and they were just listed as different salts. So some of our sea salts are, the difference in the sea salts comes from where the salts are harvested, but also how they're harvested from where they're harvested. I'll explain. So the first unique sea salt is comes from the Celtic Sea, and it is Celtic gray sea salt. The French word is sel gris. It's spelled S-E-L space G-R-I-S. So, sel gris, I could be saying it wrong. The gray color comes from the minerals that are left behind from the evaporated water. And this gray sea salt from the Celtic Sea comes from the tidal ponds off the north of France, and there is clay in the tidal ponds that the salt is raked out of. It's like the salt kind of floats down and then settles into the clay, and then it's raked out of the clay. 
Now, I've never had Celtic gray sea salt, but the articles I've read say that it has a mellow, briny flavor. So, a briny flavor is kind of, I don't want to say a fishy flavor, but like of the water, like salt water or fresh water, there's that unique flavor that thing that fish have. <laughs> um, so a mellow briny flavor. Number six on our list is fleur de sel. And that is French for flower of salt. So of course, this comes off the coast of France, specifically Brittany, France. If I'm saying that wrong, just let me know. Fleur de sel has an aromatic but delicate flavor and it's very expensive. Uh, one article said it is like the caviar of salt. Part of this comes from how it's harvested. It's hand raked with wooden rakes off of the surface of the tidal ponds of Brittany, France. And not only is it harvested by hand using special wooden rakes, but also the weather conditions have to be specific. It has to be sunny, dry days with a slight breeze. Why do you ask? I don't know. This salt is said to smell and taste like the sea. It's a finishing salt, which means you basically just sprinkle it over the top of your finished dish right before you serve it. And it's also said to be a moist, sticky salt, which I don't think of when I think of salts. I think of dry when I think of salt, but salt is used to pull moisture out. So I guess maybe it just easily absorbs the moisture in the air, which may have something to do with it being harvested on dry days. Seventh on our list is flake salt, AKA Malden salt. This is a sea salt with a low mineral content. Its crystals are flakes that are irregularly shaped. My understanding is that it's basically any sea salt. I'm wrong here. So Malden salt comes specifically from water off of the coast of England, specifically Malden, England. And the way that the salt is taken out of the salt water makes it form into these pyramid-shaped salt flakes. And again, this is another finishing salt. You just sprinkle it on top of your finished dish. Number eight on our list is red Hawaiian salt. So this is Hawaiian sea salt. It also goes by the name Alaya or Alea salt, spelled A-L-A-E-A. -A -E it gets its color because it is mixed with iron oxide rich volcanic clay, and it is said to have a nutty flavor. Then we have black Hawaiian salt. Again, it is Hawaiian sea salt, and it is mixed with activated charcoal. It's said to have a strong earthy flavor. Number 10, we have another black salt, and this is Himalayan black salt. It's also called Kala Namak. I will type that in for you guys and that is Nepalese for black salt. So this is very unique. It's Himalayan salt that's been packed in a jar with charcoal, herbs, seed, and bark. It's fired in a furnace for 24 hours. 
and then it is cooled, stored, and aged. It's said to have a pungent, surprisingly salty flavor, and it's slightly sulfuric. So if you've ever had well water, some well waters can be very sulfuric and it kind of tastes like rotten eggs. Um, so they said that some people use this salt in vegan dishes to give the flavor of eggs, uh, but it's also used in other strong dishes such as curries or spicy dishes. Number 11 is another sea salt and it is smoked salt. So it's sea salt that is smoked at a very low temperature for up to two weeks. And the wood they used to smoke it might be apple, mesquite, hickory. As you may have guessed, it has an intense smoky flavor and it's usually put on meats, hearty vegetables, and maybe chilies. You will often see flavored salts. One that I have had is truffle salt and that is just pieces of dried truffle mushrooms mixed in with the salt and then you just sprinkle that, It's you finish a dish with it. Or some simple ones you may be familiar with are garlic salt or seasoned salt. But you may see some specialty ones and they often just have dried herbs or spices mixed in with the salt. Number 12, the last of our cooking salts is pickling salt. And I didn't see it specified whether it was rock salt or sea salt, but it's salt that has no iodine added to it. And because they said that, I assumed that it's rock salt. There's no iodine added to it, there's no anti-caking agent, so you don't get that metallic flavor that you get from normal table salt. And then there are no minerals in pickling salt, so there's no discoloration. As the name kind of hints to, it's used for pickling, but also brining. And brining salt was one salt that was on some articles lists. And brining salts can be kosher salt, sea salt, pink salt. I think there was one more. Mm. The Celtic gray salt said that it could be used for pickling. So I guess the only downside to the Celtic gray sea salt would be the color. So if you're trying to preserve the color of whatever you're pickling, maybe the Celtic gray sea salt isn't the best option for you. So what salt should you be using in your cooking? From what I gathered on the interwebs, for your day-to-day -day cooking and your baking, kosher salt or sea salt? I have table salt and sea salt. Table salt, I think, is gonna be your most budget-friendly salt, and then kosher salt might be number two, or your an ordinary sea salt might be number two. When it comes to the price of salt, I use my table salt for salting my pasta water and for baking. All of the other ones that I mentioned today are fun and exciting, and they provide unique colors and flavors and textures from the different sizes and processing of the salts, whether you have thin flaky salt or you have rougher, a little crunchy salt. With those fun and exciting features, you are going to be paying a little bit more. The most expensive, like I mentioned, the caviar of salts, the Fleur de Sel, that might be your most expensive. I haven't looked up any prices, but one article, I don't remember what the article was even dated, 
but for five pounds of salt, which is a good amount of salt, just if for your day-to-day -day baking, but for your day-to-day -day baking or cooking, it was $80 for five pounds, eight zero for five pounds. So a lot of that is the unique location that it's coming from and the unique process of how it's harvested. Have you ever had Florida cell salt? And again, the nice, they are fun because there's different colors to them. And so a lot of the more specialty salts, aside from the kosher salt, the table salt, the sea salt, is an aesthetic purpose on your food. Think of having um, the red, the red Hawaiian salt on a food or the thin delicate flakes on top of like caramel or chocolate. So you're getting, it's just like a unique flavor that makes the food pop or it, it just makes it more appealing to the eyes as well. So what salts do you keep in your kitchen? And have you ever tried any of the fancy ones that I've mentioned today? Leave me a comment. I will leave some links uh, for the different salts down below in the show notes if you guys wanna go check them out. And if you want to not only check them out, but try them out for yourself. If you thought today's episode was fun, go ahead and share it with someone. If you liked it, hit that thumbs up. And if you haven't already, go ahead and rate and review The Kitchen with Ray on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more from me, go ahead and check out my last episode. And I'm gonna leave you with this very important message. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. If you know the song, hit that like button. Um, but he does, Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. I will leave a passage of scripture down below in the show notes for you guys.